This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelore. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're going to uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks. Hello, my raw beauty crew. I cannot believe I'm saying this, but I am sitting in a beautiful podcast recording studio in the British Virgin Islands at a place called Ariel BVI with an incredible woman who is such an inspiration to me. Her name is Brittany Turner. And I have been lucky enough to spend the last few days on her island that she purchased with her own hard-earned money that she (laughs) has built uh, from a very young age, really, truly, from not much, like from a really beautiful heart, from a solid family. But as you said, I'll let you tell your story. We'll, We'll let Brittany tell her story. But just to give you a little bit of a background, Brittany founded Ariel Group in 2009 at the age of 21 with the mission of elevating people and places. And spoiler alert, she has done that tenfold. People, places, and animals, I would say, as well. She has since formed multiple companies under the Ariel brand, all accelerating the mission by empowering people, sustaining the planet, and utilizing capitalism as a force for good. Through the success of her companies, Brittany is resetting the standard of what is possible for women and young people across the globe and has won several national and international awards for speed of growth, innovation, and trajectory. Ariel's commitment to a triple bottom line approach is proving that conscious business is not only viable, but the way of the future. Now, we've talked about business a little bit on this trip. But more so, I feel like we have talked about your dream and goal of amplifying good in the world and supporting those who perhaps don't always have the support that they need. I'm so honored to be able to hold space for your story and for you to have the opportunity to share it. I know we could spend three hours talking, (laughs) but let's take everyone back to the beginning and how this all started. Uh, it's it's a weird journey, and I mm-hmm. tell people they're like, "How did you get started in business?" I'm like, "I didn't plan to." So, at I was raised one of six kids on a farm in the middle of nowhere, South Carolina, homeschooled, no TV allowed, meaning we weren't even aware of like what all goes on in the world to like dream big. But I did get shown a documentary about sex trafficking. And we were so sheltered that it was, it's a shocking video for anybody. But when I watched it, I mean, it was just, it was horrific. And after that, uh, my grandma played it for us. But after watching that, I realized there's just so much more need in the world than I'm even aware of. You know, we grew up a very America poor, you know, it's just hard to have six kids. And, and my dad was an entrepreneur and just getting his business going. It was just tough times. But we still always had a roof overhead and food and land to play on. And what I started dedicating my life was to learning more, to understanding what else is out there. Because I always like to say that your why will make you cry. And this cause was something that I just couldn't imagine a worse evil on the planet. And so all through high school, I started learning more and more about it. Um, studying where does this take place and working five jobs at a time starting at 13 so that I could afford to go on mission trips every summer because I wanted to serve people in desperate areas. That's just like what makes my heart sing. And I thought that I would be this just missionary, this holy, you know, girl with a long skirt holding the baby, you know, flies, all all the things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. 
I went on those trips and I was holding the baby, but I was angry the whole time. And I'm like, God, you're the worst missionary, Brittany, ever. And that was because I wasn't fixing the issue. You know, we'd go paint the school or play with these kids in this orphanage or so we would go into these areas of extreme poverty, see these people suffering and hang out with them for the day or help them for the day. But I was angry because I'm like, we're not fixing the problem. How do you really fix the problem? So extremely long story short, I end up going to the survival school at 17. And it's led by Green Berets, Australian survivalists, rangers, and like just a really tough group. And their whole point was just to kind of destroy you so that you learn how to stay on track with your mission no matter what's going on with you physically, what you, food you do or do not have, no matter what obstacles are thrown at you or what wilderness discomforts are biting you, you got to stay on track with that mission. And I had no idea what good training that would be for the rest of my life. So it was a culmination exercise in Costa Rica and they just dropped us off and said, find a way to create value. We're about seven hours away from like normal civilization. We're up in this mountain community and we put on a women's conference and it was so precious because we gave these women these like dollar general journals and let them decorate it and it was the kindest highest prized thing that anybody's ever given them they just like cherish these journals and I was like ah take everything but um (laughs) at the end of the conference we got to pray over everybody there and uh the last little girl that I asked to pray over I asked her her name and she didn't respond to me. And then I asked the translator, hey, what's her name? And she told me that as an infant, she was so horrifically sexually abused that it destroyed her vocal cords. And now she can't speak. And when I found out about that, I was like enraged because I'm looking at this beautiful, innocent little child who is now physically handicapped from somebody doing that to her. And then I found out it was her father that did it. And so my anger is building. And then I found out that it was actually socially acceptable in that community for parents to break in their children, specifically fathers, obviously. And one out of every four babies die before they turn one. And I was like, all right. I went back to my tent just mad. I mean, crying. And I'll never get the way that little girl looked at me out of my head. I'll never be able to move on from that. Mm -hmm. I got on my knees in my tent just by myself, and I said, God, whatever it looks like, I want to be the one that comes back and does something about this. And I heard loud and clear, I'm going to take you out of the mission field and put you in business. And I was like, no, (laughs) literally, (laughs) not anything, you know, no, anything but that. And that was because I just had such a terrible picture of what being a business person was. Mm -hmm. I thought it was like being this cold, stuffy person that just – look down on everybody living on new, in New York just in a suit, toxins in my face. Like, I don't know. I just had this mm-hmm. terrible f- image, especially of a businesswoman, yeah. that I didn't want to be. And I'm like, no, my whole life I planned on, like, kicking indoors and saving babies. And now it's like, business. <laughs> but you never understand that whole divine picture. Mm. And it is important to take the time to get guided because the ability to stop and get present and hear – is going to allow you to go beyond just what the human mind understands and get that aerial view on your life. And, and you won't even understand it, but it gets love's greater view of your life and get that guidance that is, again, beyond your understanding, what is that very next step? Mm, I love that, <clears throat> and it's so powerful. I would say when you heard God's voice, the first question that came to mind for me was, what does God's voice sound like? How do you know that it's God's voice and not just the thought in your head? You're married, right? Yes. So if your husband called you from uh, an Australian number, mm. would you know it's him when you answered the phone? Yeah. Why? His voice. I just know. I would just know. Because what? An energy, uh, the sound of his voice. You've spent different. time with him, yeah, right? I know him. Yeah. So yeah. because you spent time with him, you get to know that voice. You understand mm. it. And uh, it's very different. It doesn't speak to you and say, you're the worst. It doesn't talk through anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a still small voice and it gets louder as you get to know it better. Mm-hmm. But it speaks through love. And again, even beyond your understanding, it's still 
it's like a knowing. Everybody here is a little different, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Some people have like dreams and stuff like that. My dreams are whack. So hopefully it's <laughs> Me not too, God. sister. Like, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> this can't be. <laughs> that, that one was like audible though. It wasn't like outside me though. It was like an audible inside voice. It's mm. weird. I, it's hard to explain. I've never even tried. Oh, I, I, I don't necessarily label it as God, but I've certainly had yeah. the downloads and... I always want, you know, whatever your beliefs are for you to feel welcome on this podcast. So I love talking and naming um, it as God's voice or spirit. And so for you, because you've had a few of these downloads from God or, or have, you know, heard that voice several times. Does it always come in the moments of quiet and prayer uh, or silence or? No, (laughs) no, it's, it's, it's normally me arguing. And it's normally in the middle of something. Yeah. That one, I happened to be alone in Mm -hmm. my tent. It was pouring rain and I was distraught. I was upset. Like, how could this level of injustice take place? Mm -hmm. And since been on hundreds of missions and there was one in Haiti without jumping through the rest of my story too fast, but there was one in Haiti in 2021. It was right after the earthquake. And all these little babies that should be in the NICU were just in this basketball court left open, and I watched two of them die. Mm. And nobody cared. Just these little itty-bitty babies. I watched them turn blue. Oh. And to even go in that room, there was these two special needs twins, less than a year old, just left outside. The parents just left them on the porch there. Somebody else take them. Their diapers are full. Ants are eating their face, and there's rain pouring on them, and they just looked up at me and smiled, even with ants eating their face, and their diapers full. And I was like, just to go in the room, and in the room, there's hundreds of people just like with no doctors and just just suffering. And I went back to my room, and I had it out with God. That was like the one day I was like, how dare you say Mm. that you are good? Mm. How dare you? Ugh. Mm. And what I've learned um, with the sad and sad stories over and over again that we keep hearing through trafficking and just suffering all over the world is that evil will rise when good men and women choose to do nothing. Mm. And that is a powerful quote that has stuck with me is when you hear things that upset you, when you find something that resonates with your soul, you have three options. Option one is to become an angry hater activist and just complain about crap online. Mm. And that uh, rarely works doesn't really spar authentic true change in my opinion option two is to ostrich just bury your head in the sand and pretend it's not happening it's not happening it's too upsetting i don't want to hear it Mm. which i've seen so many people specifically women do Mm. and option three is to raise your hand and say use me for whatever that looks like i want to do something about it and it might start with your social media being more intentional it could be a trip it could be a donation but how can you start getting in alignment with your purpose, whatever that looks like. And so that day uh, was a powerful wake-up call to me to just understand that in one village, one out of every four babies die before they turn a year old. But I remember leaving Costa Rica, and I had less than $20 to my name. And I did understand, okay, maybe business is because (laughs) I need resources to make a difference. But I grew up in a household where – I don't know if it was church or whatever we were we were around or it just was an understanding that money is evil. And now I understand that's the stupidest thing I could possibly ever think. First of all, like at what point do you think you're rich? Because mm-hmm. if you grew up in Haiti, it's different than if you grew up in Dubai. You know, mm-hmm. if you grew up in South Carolina, it's different than if you grew up in New York. So it's so community-centered on our opinion of wealth mm-hmm. that – it's ridiculous. It's all abstract. Yeah. And it's, if you, it's all perspective. It's and so depends what your story is and depends where you came from and right. all of the things. So if you are somebody who believes in God, mm-hmm. the creator of the universe, and you be, if you even believe there's a universe out there, mm-hmm. then how could you not understand there's so much more than enough? And there's so much value to create. And that's one of my favorite quotes Richard Branson taught me was, if you want to have a company that is worth over a million dollars in less than a year— Take any successful American company and do it overseas. And what I got out of that is, first of all, there's innovations and breakthroughs out there that need to be scaled. Mm. But there's also innovations and breakthroughs out there that need to be scaled, like clean water. We figured this out. At least, 
you're not going to get a waterborne disease from it. You know, people can get really annoying about water, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. you're not going to die from drinking the water in your house, I'm no, presuming. No, yes. no. We actually have the best quality water in the world in yeah. Vancouver. At it's not, not even a thought. There you go. Right? She's got Vancouver water, people. Mm. So mm. Vancouver has figured it out. Mm-hmm. Why is humanity still suffering mm. if Vancouver has figured it out? This is a big issue. 3.2 million children die every year from lack of clean water. Mm. That's stupid. That's a waste. That's mm-hmm. unnecessary. Mm-hmm. What else have we figured out? And so I, I view these things as breakthroughs in humanity, not just breakthroughs in America or Canada or Mexico or wherever. Mm-hmm. These are our breakthroughs. We are brothers and sisters across the planet. We are one world. doesn't matter what color we are. It's insane to hold things back. And I don't think most people are. I think they just don't think or understand how important it is to spread it. Or they're not willing I don't to face the obstacles. I don't think they believe in their capacity, and that's why you're here right now. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friend. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. You know, we talk a lot on this podcast about limiting beliefs, and I've said it before and gotten quite a bit of hate for it. But I think our struggle with body image is a distraction from the stuff that really matters. Of course it is. And it's not, I'm not saying that anyone's choosing to be distracted by it, but it's one of the things that I want to help you work through so that you can get to your purpose, so that you can do this bigger work that ultimately feels so much better and that will be the thing that is going to heal the planet. Like I really believe that men and women together but women standing in their strength will be the ones to run the charge here. Absolutely. And for for people who get weird about saying women this or men that, you know, the biggest download I got, especially in the beginning of my career, is the rise of women does not require the fall of man. Absolutely not. The and rise of women does not require the fall of men. Not at all. It's simply the other 50% of God's children standing in the person they've always called to be. Mm. And we are hardest on ourselves. We're mean as crap to ourselves, and we're never going to progress with internal poison of our own thoughts, the wasted time and energy trying to perfect a body image that's impossible to perfect. perfect. It depends on whatever trend is being marketed to us this week. Mm-hmm. And you'd serve and help a whole lot more people if you just are grateful for what you have. Mm. And if you are listening to this and super struggling 
with body image right now or an eating disorder. I honestly don't know many people who haven't been there. Exactly. We've all been there mm-hmm. um, at some point. And some ways that are going to just be helpful is, A, find someone else in a worse position than you and find a way to help them. That's the fastest way to break depression. And one of the ways that I have found to be grateful for myself, like my own body, is recognizing it will never change if you are not coming from a place of gratitude because abundance always flows from gratitude. So if you're not grateful for what you've been given, why would you be given anything better or more? Just like when we give somebody a present and they're just like, mm, thanks, I already have one. Like you don't want to give them anything else, but the, that girl that like screams and freaks out and does a dance around the room, like you want to give them everything. Mm-hmm. And so I believe energetically it's the same way. And what has always brought me back is – at my lowest lows, like literally at my most suicidal times, I would have one practice that helped me get through that. And I would be, I would force whoever's around me to say, make me write down what's good in my life. And was always on that le- list was, I have legs. And the reason I wrote that down is like, because I feel like if I didn't have legs, I'd look at everybody that has legs and be like, you freaking ungrateful mofo. <laughs> Like, absolutely. If only I had legs, yes, I would be grateful every single day, even if they were elephant legs. Mm. I would just want legs. And you don't even appreciate them. You're sitting around here all depressed. You have legs. Like, that's, that's, I love uh, this. Wheelchair Brittany. I love that. <laughs> I, I, it's so powerful, though. And it's right? so true. Right. It's so true. Just, and if you don't have legs and you're listening to this, you have ears. Mm. And if you don't have ears and you're watching this, this transcribed on the screen, you have eyes. You always have something yes. to be grateful for. And that gratitude, again, puts you into the – I don't have all the words because, again, it's kind of a new language for me. But it's like an energy that allows you to attract all the things that you do want. Mm-hmm. You always have something and somebody would kill to have what you have. And even if it's just life. You know, even if it's just breath in your lungs, I've lost really important people to me this year to cancer. I can do it without crying, but I might not. Mm, it's okay. And, um, We're a safe space for tears. <laughs> I love this guy. He's my best friend for 11 years. Mm. And, uh, he's such a cheap A, honestly. <laughs> I love him, but he is, like, known for being uh, this cheap guy who, mm. like, wants to get a deal on everything. He's really <laughs> yeah. funny. And he saved all his money, and he, like, I can't remember how much he saved. It was a lot. Mm. But he said, Brittany, I would give everything for one more day with my wife and son. And so there's nothing we can accumulate. There's nothing we can perfect that's not going to eventually go away. So it's all rented and borrowed anyway. So how don't we? How about we just run with what we got, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep on coming back to gratitude. That was all so beautiful. You might want to pause there, rewind, get your notebook out. And jot down some things that resonate with you. Take us back to this moment. You're arriving back in the U.S. Mm-hmm. with this message from God that you are meant to get into business. How old are you at this point? I'm 17. You're 17. You've <clears throat> been on a couple of missions. You have an entrepreneurial father. Mm-hmm. So you're like familiar with some business language. It was never positive, though. He wasn't bad, but it was never a seeing that... Basically, the lesson was don't start your own business because it's <laughs> right. it's always going to be a really hard life that's not stable. Yeah, and uh, it, they didn't talk to us a lot about it too. It was just mm-hmm. hard. I don't know. Money was a taboo thing in the family. Just don't talk about it, except for we just don't have enough. So I'm 17, almost 18, and I'm finishing up the school year and go back and. They were bringing these different speakers from all over the world and, like, come teach our class. And so they had some multimillionaire was going to come in. And I was like, perfect. I can skip class because <laughs> I don't like rich people and I'm here to do college work. And I don't know. It's so stupid. So like an excellent student, I skipped class. And like a really excellent student, I didn't realize he was speaking for multiple days. <laughs> and so <laughs> I end up in his class anyway. And I sit in the very back so I don't really have to listen. And I'm in the back, like, sketching out some training base to create this like elite people who go to these special mission missions but it's like humanitarian and i don't know i was, I was trying to work this out um funny enough i did build that which is mm-hmm. every every uh couple months now we train whole forces of people we're building an army but um <laughs> she actually is it's <laughs> pretty cool so i'm sitting in the back trying to do what i think is like god's work and he said who in here is 
ever been on a mission trip. And I was like, finally, something I can raise my hand to. I've gone on a mission trip. And he said, who in here has had to fund those mission trips? And I was like, also me. I funded them. And here is like raised money for it and hated it. I was like, also me. Because all our friends were poor. Nobody even donated mm. anything. And, mm-hmm. and so it was always like killing ourselves to be able to go on those trips. And so he said, did you know you can buy a house with no money down? And if your mortgage payment is $900 a month, but you rent it out for $1,200 a month, you get to keep that $300. That's a thing called cash flow. And I was like, go on. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, do that 10 times and you can live in Africa and you don't have to ask anybody for money. And my little 18-year-old brain now at the time is like, ooh, this is a good idea. Maybe this is what God meant by put you in business. And so I bought my first house at 18 years old. Um, nobody gave me any money for it. It killed me to even save up $2,000 to buy it. Mm-hmm. I bought this little four-bedroom house it's just a piece of crap but it was was my first it must have felt like such a huge accomplishment though so stressful $147,000 I can't believe it (laughs) but uh, I rented out the other three rooms and I was Mm. off to the races and in the process of buying it I heard about this thing called flipping houses which I'd never heard of before but you can buy a crappy house put a bunch of work into it and make like $10,000 which is a billion dollars to an 18 year old I thought that was just so much money oh my gosh <laughs> you can make that what yeah but then you could ch- save those chunks and end up with a hundred thousand dollars and use that as a down payment on an apartment complex and mm. i was like that apartment complex can make ten thousand dollars a month which then you can fund your own orphanages and you don't have to ask anybody for money and i was like genius this is my plan you know i want to own an apartment complex before i turn 26 cuz i don't want to be an old missionary and anybody over 26 is old to me and i set out and i was like all right what well, colleges teach you how to flip houses and surprise surprise though it's one of the biggest things that all wealthy people do is own real estate there is no college that taught you how to flip houses and so i'm like well i guess i got to learn another way and so i start calling the signs on the side of the road that say we buy houses because i heard those were real estate investors and i was like hi i'm Brittany. can i work for you for free and they're like get out of the market now <laughs> and that's because it was 2007 crashing into 2008 mm-hmm. and uh so i again i'm not going to college i've got my plan figured out i want to do it all to save the babies surely in my opinion you know i wanted to say this for the people who do believe in god like i was always taught, like, if God's with you, everything's easy. Mm. And maybe God's just never been with me (laughs) because it was never easy. Now, the timeline looks really fast, but it was so hard because it was just, I don't know, everything was just harder than it felt like it had to be, and nothing came easy. Nothing Mm. was ever, like, handed to me. Mm. I didn't marry rich. I didn't have daddy's money to go play with. I didn't have a network. I didn't have an education. I just... It was always like, seemed like the worst time. And they end up looking like a genius later, but there's lots of like emotional pain associated to it. And it's because I would always label myself a failure because it was so hard. Mm. It must not be this hard on everybody else. And I just want to warn all of you that that's a load of crap. Mm. You know, you only fail when you stop trying completely. And if you keep going if you don't quit you win if you don't quit you win but you do have to be willing to look like an idiot in front of a lot of people and look like a failure and be labeled and have all the weird comments but again your calling is between you and you Mm -hmm. it's between you and you or you and god and so you have to just stay true to that even when things look really hard and they don't work out in the timing that you planned i appreciate you saying that so much because i think especially with social media right now, we can see these individuals who we look up to or who we admire. And when you swipe through the images or the highlight reel, it can seem like, oh, wow, this was a a walk in the park, you know, and you don't also, you might hear about a story or a difficult time, but you're not in it with them. It's Mm -hmm. a little one square blip on the entire highlight reel with all of the success stories and the most beautiful images and everything. So I can look at you and say that story of I'm failing. Every other coach is doing this better. Everyone else has figured out how to make a million dollars. I'm the only one who hasn't yet. Why is this taking me so long? 
You know, I was supposed to have that when I was 30. And so I relate. And I bet you that everyone listening in one area of their life feels behind or like they're not doing it right or that they're the only one who's not getting it. I think so. And and that at least for the people who aren't narcissists, like we're open to change. We're open for feedback. We're willing to be wrong. We're hyper growth people. But the, you know, after years of beating myself up, it's going to save you some more time if you're just like, hey, I'm new. Mm. Just like walking. We all suck at things when we're new. We're just, you're terrible at walking. You look like an idiot. Mm. You're falling all over the place. You're going to get bruised, beat up, literally knock into stuff. You look like a dummy. Mm. You're just a baby. Mm -hmm. You're learning. And so be kind to yourself and realize you're a baby in this business. You're a baby in this thing. And I am committed to the process. It's going to take as long as it needs to. As long as I'm willing to put in the work, it will come true in its due time. I'm not into just sitting in a room, dark room by yourself and believing things just get manifested. Like I believe faith without works is dead. Mm. Your dreams without work is dead. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have that vision. You got to also get in alignment with those things and also get that earthly knowledge. Yeah. You know, if the more you learn, the the more likely things are going to come to you because you understand it, you can be entrusted with it. And so yeah, uh, I'm going to have to summarize my story. You'll have to come to the island to hear it. But, <laughs> yes. uh, there was about three years of everything in my life just being an, ab- an abysmal failure, barely being able to pay my bills, and I'm waitressing and ended up meeting this table at the very last day of my last day of like, I don't know, I'm going to pay my mortgage, and I can't have that on my credit, and I nothing's ever worked, like – the very last day, and it was the worst day of my entire waitressing career, but I met two guys that put on real estate conferences, and they invited me to come be literally Miss North Carolina at their event, like wear my crown and sash. And so I got a free pass, and I was like, I'll do it. And at that event, I remember if I could just be close to people who were doing what I want to do. I just want to be in the room with people who are actually doing real estate investing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I asked the speakers to, to dinner, just like, hey, can I pick your brain? Thankfully, nobody ever tried anything on me. Everything was always above board. And I know that's not the same story for most women. But I do want to stop this and say, you never have to whore yourself out, ladies. That's not an option. Please. That's not an option. No free feet. But no, <laughs> no, you, you never have to. There is so much information out there on the Internet. And you are smart enough to be able to make it other ways. And the only way we're ever going to change how seriously we're taken and that we are worth more than just our bodies is by proving we're worth more than just our bodies mm. by using our brains and showing the world what we're capable of. Mm. Side note. Anyway, but I wanted to be in the room with people that were doing what I want to do. And so the last available dollars on my credit card, I asked the speakers to dinner just to be able to ask them real estate questions. And I'm so glad I did because they kept inviting everybody else, but uh, I overheard somebody sitting the farthest away from me. He's like, I've got all these real estate deals piling up on my desk, and I want to travel the world speaking. If I just had an assistant that I could teach how to run deals, then uh, they could be flipping houses for me while I'm traveling. And I was like, hey, I'll be your assistant. And long story short, I end up moving to Nashville, renting my house out to these guys off Craigslist and taking a job that was $600 less than the minimums on my credit card. And I had hope in my heart. This is my big breakthrough. Mm. And within 60 days, they fire me. And they're like, oh, nobody's doing real estate right now. This is the worst time in history to be in real estate. The first month's rent check bounced for the guys who were running my house in Charlotte. And I couldn't tell my family that I'm the failure they said I would be for not going to college. So I moved into my car and I found two guys that were flipping houses. And I said, can I work for you for free? I've got to learn this business. Mm. And they said, yes. So for nine months, I lived in and out of my car and I worked for free. And, you know, people are like, are you okay with the fact they didn't pay you during that time? I'm like, I'm so grateful that they took the time to invest in me at all. Mm. That they let me even be around those projects. That they let me ask them a million and five questions and take notes and create value by finding them deals and managing crews and just running around the world, running projects for them. And because at the end of the nine months, I finally did my first house by myself. And it wasn't like, everything's fine. It was literally, I was negative $836 in my bank account. I 
was supposed to make $5,000 on that house. I made $3,000 and I sent, I spent $2,000 of it sending them and their wives on a cruise to say, thank you for being the first people to ever believe in me. Wow. Yeah. And, but I was off to the races, you know, nobody can ever take away from you what you learned. Mm. And so even if you are someone who struggles with, I'm going to fail, I'm going to lose everything. Mm. Yeah. Well, you didn't learn, you didn't lose your lessons. You didn't lose your mindset. I think Walt Disney went bankrupt seven times. Seven times. I think on number six, I'd be like, all right. (laughs) I'm cashing in. There's something missing here. I think this idea is just not (laughs) going to cut it. Bankrupt seven times and then tried again. Who's still investing in this cat? Like, anyway, that's that's a whole different story. But even if you lost it all today, Mm. how long would it take you to rebuild knowing what you know now? Mm. Probably like couple months mm-hmm. which is amazing and so you've got to remember that like just losing it all you can always write this one down this one's super encouraging to me you can always move somewhere bluer and warmer mm. if you lost it all <laughs> you can always move somewhere bluer and what warmer and warmer absolutely yeah yeah oh that's a good Especially point you you live in the cold yeah, i do but, uh, i could yeah. definitely upgrade to somewhere warmer and bluer change your name no yeah dye your hair <laughs> so what i'm saying with that is never to throw somebody's money away or investment or something mm-hmm. like that. i'm not saying that i'm saying take the fear out of it yes and focus on what you do want yes focus on all the blessings everything that has gotten you to this point how your life has already been trending up Yeah, so I was off to the races, and that next year I became the biggest rehabber in Nashville. I think all my money went to investors. <laughs> I think I just survived on being a, my, my own realtor for myself. Yes. But I was learning. Yes. And then the next couple of years, I ended up becoming one of the biggest infill developers in Nashville and then started practicing throughout the Southeast so that I could learn how do you revitalize areas that nobody believes in. I wanted to take those practices Mm. back to Haiti. I wanted to take them to Kenya. I wanted to learn how to pull people out of poverty through opportunity and in the most dignified and beautiful way, giving them the opportunity to pull themselves up. Mm. And I know that's the solution. Um, So I scaled it and I tried it in harder and harder locations. And again, I looked like an idiot every time. And then I look like a genius. Mm. And so you do you have the guts to block people out that don't belong in the voices in your head and do you have a way to filter that poison that they put in you even with their drive-by comments out Mm -hmm. because you're gonna have to be an internal cheerleader to make it i'm so curious to know like you are sitting here across from me and i know you're not feeling this way but you're absolutely glowing you've cried about 500 times over the last three days From the baby. From the baby's cried. Baby bear has <laughs> cried. Um, but you have this big open heart and so much care and just so much love and empathy and compassion, compassion it oozes out of you to, to every single person around you. And every single person on the team here at Ariel BVI is like, oh, my goodness, speaks so highly of you. you. And yet you're playing in what is traditionally a hard man's world. Mm-hmm. Did you bring all of this softness and compassion and empathy or did you, do you have to put on a shell sometimes to survive in that space? Great question. I remember getting a phone call driving home from work one day or from work from the office. And this guy said, hey, Brittany, I got to tell you something. You know how all your houses have been getting destroyed <laughs> the last <laughs> couple of weeks? I was like, yeah. He said, those aren't accidents. Like, there's a whole group of guys that meet every single Sunday. They they drive from all over to meet in the park, and they get together to talk about how to drive you out of town. <gasps> they had been dumping, like, gallons and gallons and gallons of water in my HVAC ductwork. <gasps> they cut open next to the garage to, like, break in and steal my countertops. I'm like, no. countertops are hard to steal. They cut wires so we'd fail inspections and potentially have fires in the houses and all this stuff that, again, looked like crime. But their entire thing was to get me out of town. 
And he's like, I'm sorry I was part of the group in the beginning, and it's because you make us look bad to the banks because your stuff's so good and ours is, like, sloppy. And now the banks are asking for us to do the same level of stuff you are. And I only did that because nobody believed in me. My stuff had to be really good, right? You know, yeah. they're just like, my stuff had to have. You had rose to, to the occasion. I had yeah. to. They're just looking at me like, okay, so if my stuff was so excellent, they would give it to me. So I remember him telling me everybody that was in the group. and It was name after name after name. And I was like, man, all I could think about was that little girl. And I asked myself, where were you when I met that little girl? Hmm. And I decided what I was going to fight for in my life, what I was committed to. It has nothing to do with making anybody look bad. I'm just trying to generate enough income to go make a meaningful difference where babies are getting raped. Like, mm -hmm. that's what I want to do mm -hmm. is stop that. And so my point in sharing that is it doesn't matter who believes in you and who doesn't because most people are going to come in and out of your life. It's super important, no matter what industry you're in, to find a way, not an excuse. I could easily bury myself in the excuse of being the only girl in this super male. All my companies are in male-dominated industries. And I have learned who gets to experience my softness mm -hmm. and who it, what they require is a Britney with boundaries that is very serious and doesn't take any excuses. I will never demean people or cuss them out or call them names. I will just have to be firmer with people who don't get the opportunity to see that side. Mm. And so it's not changing who you are. It's just being careful who you should only be vulnerable in places that are safe. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that everybody's like, be vulnerable. I'm like, not in places that aren't safe. That's how you get killed. <laughs> so just be vulnerable with people that are safe. Aaron's an amazing person who is sounds very safe, has already like led this group in my experience in vulnerability and in diving in and getting the healing required to go to the next level. And if you haven't thought about your healing that way, I want you to because your healing is required for you to go to the next level. And so it's worth you diving in. It's worth you finding coaches. She's not paying me to say this. No, I'm, it, I'm is, like, uh, <laughs> it is worth you getting in the room with people who have beaten the thing that's holding you back. My husband did a big talk today on his vice, which was alcohol and drugs. And those vices will knock you out of the game from your calling if you let them. Now, if you are so focused on yourself, and this is not another excuse to beat yourself up, ladies, but if you're so focused on yourself and your imperfections, you're going to miss this beautiful, fulfilling life that's available to you. Mm. And I would really like you to read Outwitting the Devil. It's not a book based in any religion, but it's written by Napoleon Hill. Mm. And I'm not going to ruin it by even telling you this part. But the thing is, this darkness isn't trying to kill you. It's just trying to distract you so that you're ineffective mm -hmm. in your calling. And if you are dealing with self-image issues and eating disorders or even a life of escapism in any way, I just want to remind you, like, you are worth fighting for. Mm -hmm. It is worth you taking the time to get centered, to hear some direction, to find why am I so beautiful? Why am I so valuable? Why am I so worthy? What do I have to offer? Because I'm here to give it all. I got one chance on this earth. I'm not going to die regretting not giving the love that I have in my heart. I have full body goosebumps right now. You are so incredible and so generous with your words and the work that you're doing. I want to highlight the space that you've created here because I've been here for three days and the transformation that I have felt and experienced in what is a, a safe holding place for people to do this healing work that you just talked about in order to elevate their goodness, their purpose, their passion in life. It's truly mind-blowing. And I see you landing two feet on the ground in your purpose right now. And it is going to take off. Like, yeah, you are here. So we're on Buck Island in the British Virgin Islands. Beautiful white sound beaches, an infinity pool, like all the zhuzh, all the zhuzh. <laughs> a stunning robes. There's a little shop. The food's all farm to table. You know, all of that is good and great. And you can also get that in like Mexico or Thailand or Bali or whatnot. Oh uh, not quite the same. <laughs> not quite the same. But, but listen, like... 
there are options for that. What makes this space different Mm. is the intention that you and Jeremy, her husband, who's also amazing, that you have put behind this. Like the energy here is palpable and the healing and transformative work that takes place through the coaching sessions, the summits that you're leading, the incredible work that you're doing with veterans. It is a space that will change the world. It is a space where you are building an army for good. And in such a short period of time, I've felt that so deeply. And I just want, I I want everyone to experience it in one way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if maybe it's not, in the cards to come right now in this exact moment, if it is book your flight, book, get on the website, they have one room, they have accommodation basically opening up so you can come anytime. Or what I would really recommend is coming to one of the retreats, coming to one of the summits. And if you can't right now, listen to Brittany's podcast, listen to this episode again, just soak in all of her words, Mm -hmm. continue to surround yourself with voices that are uplifting you. What would you say in this long (laughs) adventure that you've had in yet a very short life are three things that have been most pivotal in expanding, not just in earning millions of dollars, but in expanding yourself into your highest potential. Oh, man. Three pivotal things for expanding into my highest potential. Man, great question. Uh, Your circle is super important. And if there's no one for real around you, then just what uh, she was just saying, it's listening to everything they put out of the people you want to be like reading their books, consuming their content and every human being will let you down because they're going to be excellent in one area and probably struggling in another. So pick areas of their life that they're excelling that you want to adopt into your own life. And remember that you still have to filter even that through your own calling. So they might have tips, but they still might not be exactly the way you need to absorb them. So your life is different. Your calling is different. Your fingerprints are different. Mm -hmm. Um, So finding a way to, have the people around you, like I said, even if it's just their content for now, you can't even help but change. So circle is everything. Getting in the room with the people you want to be like is huge. Again, there's something about osmosis. She said, come here. There is something about coming here. Mm-hmm. There is an osmosis and there's uh, this thing that bleeds into your life that now says what's possible for your life. I'm a huge believer in experiencing beautiful places now too. And this is from somebody who planned on living in Haiti. When you experience beautiful places, like the expansion of your mind and what's possible truly does shift. And I'm learning this from uh, my mentors who, again, like your mental state matters so much. And number three is finding a way to stop hating yourself. Stop. Find a way to stop hating yourself. Find the good. You are so worthy and uh, we did an exercise earlier where I asked when your daughter was born and you looked at her, were you like, you better not get fat or you're, you are too fat. We're going to thin you out, little girl. And she was a little chunky baby. Were you like, I don't love you anymore? Of course not. Or were you like, if you don't make a freaking million dollars before you're 30, you're worthless. You're a failure. Why can't you do it? Everybody else can do it. Why can't you do it? Mm. No, you never. didn't say that to her. Mm-mm. You would never say that to her. Never. If you are not a high-powered attorney, mm. I am not proud of you. No. 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 So why do we put these standards on ourselves later? You're born worthy. Mm. You're going to die worthy. Mm. There's nothing you can actually do to improve your value. So everything's a bonus. So we get to go for it. We get to do these big dreams. We get to try to help people. And it's all from a place of love. And with that foundation, you really will not have a limit on how high you can go, how much you can do, because you are tapped into the love force. Mm. You're unstoppable. And you're really channeling all that through you versus carrying it from you. All right. So the three things are improving your circle, you know, adopting the mindsets of the people you want to be like. Number two is being in a beautiful environment that changes what's possible for you. And number three is don't hate yourself. Stop hating yourself. Start loving yourself. It matters. It sounds stupid. Self-love 
maybe it's just me because I'm in the construction industry. But uh, no, no, it <laughs> sounds it sounds industry. fluffy. It sounds fluffy. I, I'm not fluffy, n- but it works. If you want the science of elevating your life, like you gotta do it. Mm. It's so matters. It's super important. So those are my three. I think it's the most important foundation that we can create for ourselves. And I know if you're listening to this podcast that you believe that too, and you're working towards that. Brittany, thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much for inviting me to this incredible space that you've created. I cannot wait to continue to watch you become a mother. Oh, I'm so excited. To continue to live out your mission to continue to love on Jeremy. You two are amazing and absolute couple goals. And to have a front row seat in that, I just feel so lucky. Thank you. Well, thank you for being here and thank you for doing this. When she told me what this podcast even was, I was like, yeah, I wish I had that growing up. (laughs) Where were you? I was in it. I was in the trenches with it too. (laughs) Hence, yeah, the the passion that's there right now. And I cannot even imagine how many people are benefiting from it. So... You're even listening to this. You are crushing it in life. You are on your way. You're trending up. And I'm proud to get to be on this podcast. Thank you for having me. Mm. Where can everybody find you? I will be sure to link to the Ariel BVI for everybody. I'm going to create a beautiful PDF summarizing all of your amazing lessons. It will have links to your story because I want everyone to hear the full story as well. But anywhere else that you would like to send them or tell them. BrittanyTurner.com has links to most of my stuff. And the Ariel BVI is how to find your way here. I hope to have you soon. Thank you again, everyone. Take what resonates, leave the rest behind, and I will see you next week. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this week's episode. Please take a moment to rate, review, or follow on your favorite podcast app and share this episode with someone that you think could benefit. Join the Raw Beauty Talks community at Raw Beauty Talks. And remember, it's your story, your body, your mind, and your journey. So think about what resonates with you and leave the rest behind. I'll see you next week. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.